service. Hey everyone, welcome to Chef Sense. I'm your host, Chef Massey. All right, so today is another solo flighter. Who's excited? I am. All right, so anyways, let's get into this. So today is the topic of a cook's beginning. So this is a very generalized overview and just my tips and insight on starting out. Again, this is for a cook that is maybe stepping out of the dish room or for someone that is going to consider culinary school, maybe just before it, trying to gain some hands-on knowledge before they do so. I want to make clear too, an education is what you make of it. I want to talk about The way I see a kitchen crew, you know, some of these behaviors, they kind of remind me a little bit of a wolf pack, you know, and maybe that's just my indigenous side coming out. And and what I mean by that is that in a, in a wolf pack, you have a hierarchy and you have a very close knit group of individuals that everybody has a very important place in the pack. I I look at that the same way in a kitchen that, you know, you have your alpha male, you have, or alpha female, um, but your alpha is there. It trickles down from there in leadership and um, community members of that pack. They survive and coexist out in the wild very closely. And their synergy is truly amazing. The way they communicate, uh, the way they do that with body movements, uh, you know, verbal communication to the way they're, you know, the angle of their tail to the hair on their back. I mean, um, again, I I know I'm kind of going into this one, but, you know, I think on being Native, we use wisdom from one another as human beings. Some of our greatest teachers are those animals of the planet. So using that analogy, that's where I kind of put the two together. So being a cook, I, I think coming out of the dish room for myself, I, I know that's starting at the lower totem of the kitchen. The great benefit for me on that is I had an opportunity to, you know, get to be a part of the dish, you know, the dish pit crew, be a dish dog and be very valuable there. And as I moved past that, you know, I was always looking ahead and it gives you a very interesting ability to observe the rest of the team without kind of them, in a sense, sometimes not really being aware of you. You pick up on the lower hanging fruit, You meaning employees or cooks that um, are in the kitchen and, and the kitchen chemistry, and you kind of get some insights on things that are much different coming from that direction. You also get an opportunity to see equipment, you know, how things are used in the kitchen. Going back into that team dynamic, you can start to put those things together and maybe look at an opportunity for yourself for advancement. So again, it kind of gave me a a warm up to be able to step into cooking side of the world um, and be very good at it from that foundation side. Uh, Let's go into my perspective or overview of what I call are my to be, this is a list of, of points, um, that, you know, you can use as a cook. They're actually bullet points that I use, you know, even as a chef. So, um, but this is where it all started. And this is what I call the to-be list. So first, be responsible, be willing, be communal, be driven, be aware, be a communicator, be confident, and be forgiving. So um, be responsible. In that, it's, you know, be on time, be ready at the time of your shift, prep it forward, 
if you take it, replace it, uh, leave your station better than you found it, clean as you go, take good notes. So those are some areas there in being responsible that, you know, I have placed. Also, be willing. Be willing to take constructive criticism. Be willing to be open-minded to change. Be willing to cross-train. And again, don't look to cross-train, obviously, right away. Master your station. You know, master your station first. Be very good at it. Be very um, reliable and consistent. And, you know, while you're doing that, that's where it's kind of being observant on the next steps and looking at, okay, here's the next station I want to get to. I want to get to Saute from the Garmanger station, or I want to get to this station from here. Be willing to cross-train, you know, and that's how, how I shifted through all my stations and moved up into, you know, the lower supervisory role uh, in a kitchen as a chef de partie and then uh, moving up from there. Be communal, another one. If I'm mincing garlic, if I'm, you know, mincing shallots, uh, making stock, pulling something from the walk-in, does anybody else need any? Does somebody else need some minced garlic, you know? Uh, be willing to kind of be a part of that culinary community, share, you know? And again, it can be, you know, don't be taken advantage of. Uh, that's just a, another way of, you know, existing in that community and being a constructive, positive team member in that unit. You know, also being communal is is being honest with your insights. You know, anything uh, that you can bring forward to the team and, and share um, as a community to, to benefit a better outcome or see something coming up that could be of concern. Be driven to be an example, you know, is to, to show that through your work. Be an asset to the team. Uh, drive to the next level. So that's, again, where there's also being driven outside where maybe you're, you know, you're studying at home or you're uh, tinkering with some things at home to do that pre-setup so that you're gaining that knowledge when you get back in the kitchen, you can kind of test those waters and uh, move forward. Uh, The other one is be aware, you know, be observant of your kitchen surroundings and that's also be aware of the energy in your kitchen, how the team is working and how everybody is uh, checked in. You know, be aware of the product quality on your line, you know, in your kitchen, your your line inventory, your equipment settings. You know, uh, maybe you're on the PM crew, you know, the oven set at 425 and you guys are, you know, used to it being set at 400 or whatever, you know, uh, being that level of aware of how your equipment's operating to the flame level on your your saute station, you know, if you're reducing something or whatever. So that level of awareness of being committed to that is huge. Checking my knives, do they need to be sharpened? Does my team member need a hand? Those are awareness topics there. Be a communicator. If you see it, say it. No one's a mind reader. Even though you can spend a lot of time with your pack and you guys get this synergy together. That's a beautiful thing. Try not to take hands off steering wheel with that one. There's no such thing as over communication. That's the way I feel. You know, that has helped me also in leadership. You know, there's just no such thing as over communication because the fact is no one is a mind reader. Um, If I can share that thought or direction or strategic plan, you get insights from other people that you may have not seen something. So again, be a communicator, 
be willing to take insights from others. Be confident. You know, be proud of your work. Be proud of your team's work. Sometimes people struggle with being confident. I think sometimes you can go into that and you're like, oh man, you know, I, I don't want to fail. You know, cooking, you know, life is life is not perfect. Kitchens strive for perfection, but you live and you learn, you know, and you, the only way you know is if you try. The other is be forgiving. You're going to make mistakes. Learn from them. Be teachable. Take that opportunity to correct those mistakes and minimize them. You know, the biggest thing to it is, look, you learn from it, you know what not to do, and you become stronger from it. But the goal at the end of the day is become wiser, minimize those mistakes. So yeah, those are my to-be list. I have partnered with an amazing company, Thrive Market. Thrive Market is an online natural food store. It's a one-stop shop. They have 6,000 plus products and they are curated by their experts, organic, non-GMO, vegan, paleo, keto, gluten-free, you name it, Thrive Market caters to it. Up to 50% off retail at times, delivered to your door. With our crazy lives, couldn't be a better match. Anyways, take advantage of this opportunity. Go to thrivemarket.com. Dot com slash chef Massey and get your membership free gift up to $60 and 30% off your first order. Now back to the episode. The other side, let's take a look at just some equipment advice, tool advice that I have for you. Obviously, uh, don't forget the Sharpies and you know, you can get those in about a 12 pack. The other is getting a notebook, something that you can, you know, take your notes down. I also used to like to use the old school meat pads that would fit in your, uh, chest pocket of your chef coat or apron uh, made it kind of easy to quick jot notes down but sometimes you know even using a clipboard helps so uh, again you can go into a kitchen where they have a knife company that comes in and they provide communal knives that's great typically those knives are are okay i mean at at the best they've you know been transitioned through other kitchens and brought in and they've come in and they change them you know once a week and you get a sharp blade and stuff again they're not usually the best metal but Hey, it's free. And that's great if your your company or kitchen or chef provides that. It's cool. Because back in the day, it wasn't that way. But let's just talk about that equipment if you decide to go out on your own. Uh, this is a suggestion that they're an investment. You, you know, your tools are an investment and it can get very expensive. Um, so when you're starting out, just start out with, you know, look at grabbing that knife roll or that knife bag. Get an eight inch chef's knife. Uh, three and a half or four inch paring knife. Get uh, a peeler. One of those Y peelers, those Swiss peelers, those are pretty sweet. I like those better than a regular peeler. Get a digital temp gauge. You can get a cake tester. I do, you know, I do like those. They're great for, you know, if you're cooking potatoes or anything like that and you want to uh, probe it for, you know, if it goes all the way through, it's done. Um, the other thing is you can do testing of, of meats, uh, proteins while they have been cooked, but that's usually a higher skill set to, to use that as a tool like that. Let's go back to the fact that you're just going to, you would use it at this point for checking for doneness. Um, the other thing you can do for checking for doneness is using your paring knife uh, or a fork just to see how it goes into the potato or uh, turnip or whatever you're cooking. When I look at brands starting out, back in the day, they used to have Forstners. I don't I don't think they're around anymore. Uh, they're a little bit of a softer metal. You know, Victrinox, 
and Mercer are two companies that put out you know, a decent knife or decent kitchen tools for starters. You know, I think those are two good investments where you're not breaking the bank, but you're getting your own tools. And uh, make sure you get a steel as well with that too. So sometimes, you know, some kitchens, they have a tri-stone or they have some stones you can use to sharpen uh, in the kitchen. But, you know, it's always good for you to have a steel uh, because it brings your edge back and, uh, it uh, doesn't actually sharpen it like a stone, but it, it takes that curl or that lip off your edge and brings it back to to the straight. So, all right. Anyways, let's go into, you know, when you're looking at working with your knives, you know, you're new at it, getting a firm foundation with that educator, that kitchen manager, whoever uh, is kind of taking you under their wing, uh, working with those knife skills is always key to work with uh, them obviously primarily and then branch off from there as you kind of start working that process and being comfort comfortable and confident with your ability with uh, those knives again it's just like with cooking as I was coming up I was I would make sure I was tinkering with recipes and cooking for family members uh, doing anything I could outside of the kitchen you know typical beginning positions in a kitchen let's kind of go into that uh, oftentimes it's usually a prep cook or production cook. Uh, you're starting out with, you know, maybe roasting bones and making stocks to uh, basic prep, peeling potatoes, peeling onions, carrots, you know, portioning things, cooking pastas and, and certain things like that to uh, slicing, you know, deli meats and, and uh, basic, you know, marinades and things like that and base dressings. So, uh, you know, take advantage of those opportunities, but that's, you know, uh, some of the ideas that you may be, you know, dealing with as you start out. Literature or books for information. Again, these, I, these are ones that I have in my library that I used many years ago. All the chefs that I was trained under, they came from the CIA. So that's where, you know, am I biased towards the CIA? It, it would probably appear that I am, but, you know, Johnson Wales and some of these other schools are absolutely fantastic as well, and they have their own literature. Let's get into this. All right, so the first one is The Professional Chef. I believe that's the eighth edition out from the CIA. That book, you know, I got um, the earlier editions and just, you know, kind of swapped them out as they came out over the years. But that's a good foundation book from teaching you sauces to butchery to a variety, you know, base baking. I mean, there's just so much in those books as a foundation piece uh, and cut sizes. I mean, it just there's uh, a variety in there for you to learn from. The other one you can look at, too, is this complete book of knife skills from Zwelling uh, J.A. Hinkle. That's a small pamphlet that, you know, can give you some extra, you know, ideas on, on knife work. Again, working with your KM uh, or kitchen supervisor uh, to, to make sure that you're, you're ready for that, that stuff. So... Those are the two big ones there, but the other is getting into, as a beginner, the new Food Lover's Companion. That one is fantastic, I think. It's got cuisine description. It's got product description. It's got just kitchen words. I mean, it's produce and, and anything, you know, everything. I mean, it's it's another book that's been around many, many years. It comes out, new editions come out. Um and, you know, again, it's another great resource just to break 
you know, hey, I heard this word. You know, you can go in there and actually look it up, and it gives you some description. The other is the Flavor Bible. I highly recommend that one. Uh, again, there is some advanced usages in there. It's great because you can see where, and I use it even today, if I'm like, oh man, you know, uh, take a peek in there and, you know, look under lemongrass or look under, you know, whatever. It could be uh, strawberries. I mean, as, as simple as that. But it pairs in these flavor profiles. It gives you a little extra to open your mind that, oh, okay, well, I didn't realize that, you know, strawberry, watermelon, and basil, uh, cucumber, they can all work together somehow. Um, And that's just an example. But like, you know, that book is great for giving you some extra knowledge to go, oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't think about that. And you can tinker with those, that list and be like, wow, those really go well together. It's kind of cool. Anyways, Salt, Fat, Acid, and Heat is another decent book that explains kind of how those all work together and how very important they are. Uh, Sauces is another book that's great. It talks about classical and contemporary sauces uh, and gives you a very good insight. A little bit of prehistory on some of those things in there as well, which is cool. And when it comes down to, you know, ratios, Michael Roman has uh, a good book where you can go in there and it's like four to one for polenta, four to one uh, of liquid to your polenta base, you know, if you're making it. So um, it, it it's good because sometimes those ratios, you know, like on rices or baking or some, I mean, baking's a little bit more touchy because that's more science involved. Um, as you scale up and you've got to kind of watch your leaveners and stuff. But going back to some of the areas where the ratios do help you, um, it's pretty cool. You know, like in Hollandaise, it's, you know, I think it's six egg yolks to one pound of butter. But, you know, where I've been, I'm like, okay, well, I think I'm going to do a four to one ratio because I don't think I need as many yolks. Again, this ratio book by Michael Roman gives you an opportunity as a foundation to go, okay, cool. If I need to whip that up, I can. And the beauty of it is, is when you have your ratios in your head, you can build off of that. You can take that and 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 make a Sharon sauce, you know, or some of these other things, you know, or vinaigrette, three to one, your three of your oil to your one acid or vinegar, Dijon mustard. You know, at that point, then you're adding spices and herb, you know, maybe a little bit of sugar in there and, and honey or maple, or, you know. You know, I also want to be clear too. follow the recipe. You know, if your kitchen has recipes, that comes first. But this can give you an opportunity to, um, you're making stuff at home for family and friends. Like I said before, uh, it gives you kind of a platform. So the soul of a chef by Michael Romans, another good one and kitchen confidential by Anthony Bourdain. Some great books there when you're outside of the kitchen can help give you a little bit of, of a leg up. So any other questions you you know have for me or suggestions, feel free to reach out to me uh, at james at chefmassey.com. And, uh, you know, here's a couple of small bites for you. Knowledge shared is knowledge gained. And repetitious action feeds the subconscious mind. All right. So now we get to do the 86th award. For those of you that don't know, what it is, is uh, you 
guys email me the issue that you had in your day, um, somebody treating you a certain way, the chef, the cook, the this, the coworker, whoever, uh, we'll take it all. So, but we have been getting a lot of the culinary ones in. So let's get into this. Uh, and if you do win it, you win a prize. This one is for a $100 gift certificate to Zwilling again. Uh, this one is coming in from Dylan R. from Chicago, Illinois. All right. Let's see. Here we go. Chef Massey, please consider my nominee. For weeks, our chef was complaining that someone was not putting organic waste in the composting bin. They kept putting it in the normal trash. Every lineup, he kept mentioning it. Well, today, after family meal, we gathered for lineup like normal. Chef stood there with a big grin on his face. We stood there as well and looked at each other, waiting in silence. Then he said, I hope you all liked family meal. Some of us mentioned how great it was and nodded. He said, that's nice. I used what the lazy shoe decided not to put in the compost bin to enhance your culinary experience, as he chuckled. Chef said, I'd like to thank them for the variety they provided me. There was complete silence. That turned to gas and, and shocked whispers. Sarah, one of our cooks, tore off her apron and ran to the restroom covering her mouth. Uh, chef then proceeded with pre-meal discussing VIPs and reservation timing. We were all so pissed and disgusted. Lots of exclamation points on this one. Chef Massey, please give Chef A-Hole the 86th award. All right. Well, Dylan R. from Chicago, thank you for that. And that is going to be going in the mail in the next day or so. All right. Keep them coming in. And uh, eh, that's kind of rough. All right. Stay safe out there. Yeah. All right, everyone. That is a wrap. You can check us out if you like that. Subscribe. Also, the Instagram, Chef Massey. Let's keep it simple. Chef Massey. Have a good one. Bye for now.